Welcome to the Transformational Travel Podcast, bringing you inspiring stories of life-changing travel experiences from around the world. Now, here's your host, Transformational Retreat Leader, Ann Gordon. Welcome to another episode of Transformational Travel. I'm your host, Ann Gordon, and today we have a very special episode for you. When my guest proposed this idea, I loved it, and I've been really anxious and excited about this interview today. So today we have with us Wendy Williams, who is a past life adventure guide. I love the way you word that. Wendy Rose Williams helps adults from around the world who are struggling to release pain, anxiety, and depression. Through the techniques she's learned working with some of the world's most renowned hypnotherapy experts, including Dr. Brian Weiss, Wendy is able to lead clients through a healing process. People are able to finally start living this life with joy, purpose, when they release the energy that does not serve them. So this is super exciting. Welcome, Wendy. Well, thanks, Anne. I'm so happy to be here and love what you're doing with the podcast. Thank you. And this is really fun because I'll, I'll, I'll hold it for a little bit later in our interview, but I've also had some kind of spontaneous past life memories and it's kind of fun. And I found had some profound like realizations about what was going on in my own life at the time through these real through these memories. So you have actually done something that's really unique with your past life, your own past life memories. You you I love that you work with people to release because there are there's there's phobias and depression and even physical illnesses that can be tied to past life memories, correct? Absolutely. Yes. And it just, it's a life changer when we can get that weight off our shoulders and start to tune into what we're really meant to do and why we're to be here. Right. Yeah. There's no sense. And we have enough baggage from this life. We don't need to be carrying it from other lives either. Right. Exactly. It's just learning from it and being able to let it go. Beautiful. Beautiful. So how did you come to believe in reincarnation in past lives? (laughs) <laughs> in the most ridiculous way possible. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was uh, 10 years ago in 2010, I uh, had been divorced for quite a few years and was just at a great place in life. And I went on to match.com uh, to meet a nice guy because that's what my younger girlfriend suggested. And I had gone to them for advice I not only met a soulmate, but I met a soulmate that I'd known many, many times. Mm -hmm. And he had what I would call the soul contract to wake me up spiritually. And a big part of how he did so was by introducing me to Dr. Michael Newton's journey of souls. Mm -hmm. And in that uh, bestseller uh, back in the 80s, Dr. Newton had delineated over 7,000 of his most interesting clients and their past life regression sessions and their life between lives sessions. So that was, that was the big um, wake up call for me because I just 
knew I knew this man and he knew he knew me. We spent weeks playing, who do you know? Where have you lived? Where we might have met? (laughs) Right. And we realized it was actually a a past life connection. Wow. Very cool. So I I, got to ask, was that past life a pleasant one or, or did it end not so well? Well, there were lots. That's a great question. We found 19 of them. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) To our great surprise. Um, And yeah, we really were joking at a certain point. You really need to meet more people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Because some of them were absolutely wonderful and uplifting and just, you know, wouldn't trade them for the world. And others were frankly, um, incredibly challenging, very Mm -hmm. difficult, um, really, really tough stuff to release. And that's typical with soulmates, because that's who we learn with the best. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have those, those uh, profound experiences. Wow, that's very, that's amazing. And it reminded me, I actually have uh, a gentleman that I worked with when I used to train animals for movies and television, you know, you work yes. with all, all kinds of people, right. And some famous, some not so much. And there was one actor in particular that he and I just had this amazing bond. In fact, one time we weren't even looking at each other and our, our hands found each other and held, held on to mm-hmm. each other. And we both kind of looked at each other like, what the heck just happened? Right. And that these- past life energy can just come through yes. and you finish each other's sentences. And yes. yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was a really amazing connection that we had. And of course we never explored it. He was married and, you know, so I uh, was never going to cross that line. Of but, course. And yeah. it doesn't have to be about romance. Right. Um, you know, it just, it's just, it's a heart connection. Yes. Yeah, it truly is. Well, cool. So you have some, you've done something really unique with past lives. I mean, there's, there's many people who do what you do as far as the therapy angle of it, and that's your business and that's fabulous and really important work. However, for yourself, You've done something that I just think is such a fun idea, and that is past life pilgrimages. So what the heck is that? Explain that to us. Yes. What prompted that? And what I mean by past life pilgrimage, it's making a journey. It's a type of transformational travel Mm -hmm. where you go back to a place where you've been before. And this can come up spontaneously. So I absolutely want to hear your stories about that. And you said you've got um, some of those. Yes. And or you can just sense or know that you may have lived somewhere before and you're feeling really drawn to it Mm -hmm. and you just want to go explore. So what happened for me with the first one that I did, I had friends who were making these amazing past life pilgrimages overseas and going to Greece and going to Europe and doing all these things. And I just wasn't in a position to do that at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, feeling kind of disappointed by that. And then as I thought it over, I thought, well, wait a minute, why, you know, why do I assume I have to go really far for this experience? So I specifically meditated and prayed and asked my guides, hey, can I do a a day trip? Can I make a weekend, you know, somewhere close? Is there somewhere close that would be really meaningful for me? Mm 
So I just kind of surrendered that and left it alone, you know, not knowing what would happen. And very quickly, um, within a few days, this uh, picture came up on Facebook of 100 waterfalls you have to see before you die. Mm. And I was like, oh, I got to look at this. Right. And one of the first ones I saw was of Ramona Falls, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I just was so drawn to it. I immediately had to start researching it. And I was so drawn to it. I'm like, how far is this from my house? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I get there? And interestingly, one of my best friends, Lori, who's also my writing partner and an intuitive artist, she had the same reaction. And so that made it even more intriguing. Mm -hmm. So we planned the trip there and it was just so, so easy. I stayed with a girlfriend. She stayed with her daughter and we made this weekend trip and it ended up being a, a really powerful. There were several past life releases for us. Um, I found to my great surprise, I had known I had been a wagon train leader. I'd been one of the Oregon Mm. wagon train leaders and had led people from out of state, um, out of the Dust Bowl, Mm -hmm. and had led people to um, Oregon and helped uh, settle the West. And I, I, but I didn't know if it was anything to do with, you know, that lifetime. So I didn't know if that correlated to Ramona Falls, but it Mm -hmm. turned out that it did. Mm. And as we got there, and actually three of us went on this trip together. And honestly, um, Lori and I were both concerned about hiking it because it was a pretty, pretty big hike. And neither of us felt like we were in shape for this seven mile Mm. hike and for, you know, the amount of um, altitude, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just took a leap of faith and said, Hey, we're going because we're so drawn to do it. Right. And what I found was it was really a big lesson in forgiving myself mm. because as we got there, um, I saw, um, her drown, <gasps> Um, from another lifetime, I could see her across the the mighty Columbia. I mean, Mm. I could not get to her in time. I just saw this beautiful young native woman gathering water um, in a basket, but Mm -hmm. a tree branch broke off and knocked her unconscious. And she got swept into the water. Mm -hmm. And there was just nothing I could do. And another thing that happened with that trip that was incredible was once I figured out, oh, my gosh, maybe this is to do with the Jesse Applegate life. I was able to find a book just a few days before we went on Mm -hmm. the trip that was written about him. I didn't have time to read it. It was written by his nephew who had the same name. Mm. So I just held the book on my lap and said, okay, what do you want me to know? I don't have time to read this. Show me what you want me to know. So I opened it to a random page Mm -hmm. and read only one page. And it was about Jesse having seen both his son and his nephew drown. Oh my gosh. Um, on that on that voyage. Right. So that's what I was releasing was just this horrible feeling of, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to save them. I have to take better care of people because yes. three different drownings. Wow. Um, and I yeah. just I hadn't forgiven myself. Sure, sure. That's a that's a powerful, powerful experience, man. 
That is amazing. It, it really was. So we just felt so um, honored that we got to go there and got to go there together because she'd never known more mm. details about that life. She'd actually already published a short story about it, but she didn't know more about it, like when it was. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting. I was able to fill in some of the pieces because wow. we literally... I mean, we hadn't quite met. We saw each other mm-hmm. for less than a minute in that right. lifetime. Right. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I love that story. And I love how the two of you were both drawn to the same place and had this past life connection. I mean, that's really magical when, when you can both see the same thing. Exactly. It did that magical is the perfect word. It just felt like such an an honor and such a rare, um, you know, point in time to come back together again like that. And we both just, you know, helped each other heal from those, those lives. Amazing. And so tell us, there's so many questions I have to ask you. So tell us about when you remember or discover a past life, how can it be healing? How can it affect our current life? Because sometimes it's, yes, it can be just like entertainment. It's fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I had this life way back when. But how does it affect our our current life that we're living? Sure. Well, as you mentioned at the, at the get-go, Anne, uh, we can be caring because my belief is that the soul is eternal mm-hmm. and that we incarnate many times, many places, all types of experiences but we can be carrying um, old energy with us that doesn't serve us. So as you mentioned, the fears or the phobias Mm -hmm. that just don't make sense because they don't correlate to anything in this lifetime, or we can have just built up these self-limiting beliefs based on poor outcomes in previous lifetimes and just not be here in the moment, you know, not be grounded and clear in our energy and just be, loving life and feeling healthy and happy and like we're embracing the moment. And my belief is that's often due to that past life energy of the anxiety or the depression or the chronic pain Mm -hmm. um, or the disease or things that just aren't making sense. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So do you have any word of advice for people who I know there's many people who believe in reincarnation, but they've never had a past life memory, much less know enough about it to make a past life pilgrimage. Sure, sure. And there's a couple of ways uh, because people often do have the memories, but they don't recognize them. You know, Mm. they can just kind of uh, poo poo them or not recognize them. Uh, Past lives come through in dreams a lot of times. Mm. So if you have vivid dreams that just seem out of time, it's not current day, explore it. I mean, that could very well be a past life memory trying to come through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meditation is another fantastic way uh, to have some of that come through or doing a formal past life regression. So those are kind of the three top ways. I mean, certainly some people spontaneously recall them, but it's like opening... um, like opening a doorway or like, like pulling, pulling a plug of starting to be able to, uh, you know, go into that wonderful altered state where you can accept and say, Oh my goodness, I really am recalling something very real. People can also get triggered by uh, movies or music or shows or by uh, spontaneously visiting somewhere and being able to navigate. And they've never been there before, but they're like, oh my gosh, I know if I take this road, 
um, I'll end up here or they'll be like, goodness, I feel like this has really changed since I was here last time. And then they kind of catch themselves and go, wait, I've never been here before mm, or have right. I? Right. All right. Well, so now I got to tell you my story because it's Please. exactly like that. So I was working actually on a film in somewhere in Montana near Glacier. And I had a few dogs on the show and I was done with the movie and I was heading back home to Seattle where I lived at the time. And I was driving along and I saw a sign for a buffalo jump, which is like a little park that was where the, the native peoples used to herd the buffaloes off this cliff, which they call buffalo jumps, so that they could then feed the, feed the village, feed the tribe. And I'd always been curious about buffalo jumps, but I'd never had the opportunity to visit one. So I thought, well, the dogs need to run. Okay, I'll go. And, you know, it's just a few miles off the road. So I'll go. I'll check it out. So I go get in the parking lot. I let the dogs out. And I'm standing at the overlook. And they had this little diagram of where the village was. And I thought, well, this is very cool. And I thought, well, but I want to explore more. So I took the dogs down the little hill into where the village was. And all of a sudden, I could see the whole village. I could see that the tribal people, you know, moving about doing like their it daily used to be like it used to be. It's like in my mind's eye, I was an overlay of, you know, this barren field and somewhere. And I don't know where it was. It was Eastern. It was Idaho, Eastern Washington, somewhere over there. And it was like, I just kept looking around and I'd see people moving and people doing the various activities of their lives and kids running around. And then it's all of a sudden I knew where I had lived. And there was actually, they had pointed out on the diagram, there were some stones you could see that were put in circles that would hold the edges of the teepees down. And I was like, I know where my teepee was. So I walked over and it was a little ways apart from the rest of the village. And sure enough, there was this circle of stones. Wow. And so I'm like, wow, that was cool. And it turns out that I was, I was a woman and I was the buffalo caller. So I could communicate with the buffaloes and draw them in. But because I had that ability, not everybody in the tribe understood that or got that. So they respected my, my ability, yet I was kind of ostracized because it was a little weird for them. But the funny part is I also remember that I had a lover, but because I was in this weird ostracized position, he couldn't, he was not comfortable being in public with our love. So, I mean, I saw all of this stuff and it was just, it was so fun. Now I didn't have any like, realization or it didn't affect me today, except that it was super, super fun. Absolutely. And what a great example of spontaneous recall mm -hmm. um, and just, just being able to realize that it's okay to be different right? and it's right. okay to, it's, it's our unique, weird, wacky <laughs> yes. abilities that that we often are, have been shunned for, that we should instead be celebrating that individuality. So right. it sounds like you have embraced that, that lesson well. 
Yeah, yeah, it was super fun. And yeah, I have never quite fit into the mold. So I guess that was true to form from that life it to this and I'm sure many others. And if you're okay, I have another, you triggered another memory I had that I actually forgotten. You mentioned in a movie. Yes. Do you remember the movie with Robert De Niro, um, Jeremy Irons, and it was The Mission? I don't. Tell me about it. It was a really, when was it? Probably in the 80s, something like that. And it was a very powerful movie where Robert De Niro ends up killing his brother over a woman. And then uh, Jeremy Irons is a Jesuit priest and they're in South America somewhere. Robert De Niro has to do penance. And so they go make this travel up this waterfall, way up river, and they start living with this tribe way out in the middle of the jungle. And, and okay. then the Jesuit, Jesuit priests come and attack. And it was beautifully shot. It was very powerful music. And at the end of the movie, I had gone with a boyfriend. I was frozen at the end of the movie. I couldn't move. Now watching the credits, I couldn't move. He was talking to me, I couldn't speak. I just had to hold my hand up and I would just sat there and it just affected me so powerfully. And I never could figure out why. It, it sounds like um, that there was uh, a similar energy that you had lived a similar life or, you know, depending which, which viewpoint it was from, because yes, we can get just so impacted. And sometimes people, when they're watching a movie or a TV, they'll see what I would call a split screen. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they'll start seeing their past life on it. But that one sounds like it was just so in your heart. So how did you get released from that? Just, you know, sitting there, just glued to your seat, trying to process that. What, what happened? Did the, did the lights come on? What, what happened? Yeah. Eventually there was almost nobody left in the theater. And I like had, my mind was, my brain was kicking in. It's like, you, you got, can't sit here forever. So I finally just started walking and I just, you know, told my boyfriend, I can't, I just need to think and process this for a bit. Flash forward many years later, I then moved to Panama, married a man from an indigenous tribe, much like the tribe in the movie. And I was uh. at, so I was at a retreat. It was actually somebody else's retreat. I wasn't leading it. And the weather was not cooperating. So we couldn't go out and swim with the dolphins, which was the plan. And the retreat, uh, the facilitator of the retreat center said, hey, we're going to do this very cool meditation. Okay, great. And she said, sometimes it can trigger a lot of emotions. Just keep your eyes shut and keep breathing and we'll help you. And I'm like, I got this. I meditate all the time. This is not a big deal. They put on the, the music from the mission. And I started sobbing. I was going to say, I can feel so much energy moving <laughs> down my spine. And, and yeah. <laughs> sobbing and sobbing and sobbing uncontrollably. Now, I didn't have one. I had two of the facilitators with me, working me through it, telling me to breathe. And what I saw was, and I'm getting chills thinking about it, a past life with my husband, present day husband, Deep in the jungle somewhere, I was a member of the tribe. I was the chief's daughter and he was the shaman's son. And we were in love and we were destined to be 
married and everybody was thrilled with that. They loved the idea of us eventually leading the tribe. And then we were attacked by white men, which is what happened in the movie. I remember I was killed with a spear to my back. But the other thing was there was a woman in present day who had her sights on my husband and was causing some problems in our marriage. And she was my little sister in that lifetime. And somebody, when I told the story, pointed out to me, it's like, how were you killed? Not with a gun that the white men had. You were killed with a spear. So my little sister in that life took that advantage of the attack to get rid of me. And, and that's really a profound realization uh, that that's a big deal. And that was going to yes. be my question when you described first seeing the film was, did you cry at that time? Because I knew the, the big emotional release. So it was kind of like a preview of coming attractions for right, you right. in a way. Um, and it, do, you have, do you have a good relationship with your sister now? Or is it very challenging again this lifetime? Uh, the woman who who was my sister in that lifetime who killed me. No, it's very, very challenging. So there's some energy still to release there. And there we, is, can, yeah. we can simply just adjust boundaries so that we're taking care of ourselves. And also mm-hmm. uh, saying to ourselves that was then and this right. is now yep. can yep. be a really powerful, powerful release. Yeah, yeah, it really can. It was... It was quite, man, it, I remember freezing in the theater. And then when I saw that past life, it's like, oh my gosh, it was just the emotions around it was powerful. Right, right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. My memories just happen spontaneously. So they're super fun. So we're actually going to take a quick little break from our stories of past life pilgrimages And we will be right back. This episode of Transformational Travel is brought to you by Whale and Dolphin Wisdom Retreats. Immerse yourself in the healing energies and connect eye-to-eye, heart-to-heart with wild dolphins and whales in Hawaii, Bimini, Mexico, Panama, French Polynesia, and more. Begin your journey at whalewisdomretreats.com. Okay, we're back. We're going to hear more stories from Wendy all about how to take a past life pilgrimage and and why it's important. So you have some more stories about some of your experiences. I know you've had one at at Mount Shasta. Would you like to share that? Yes. Uh, Mount Shasta, California is an amazing place. I mean, just a gorgeous place for hiking and fishing and going to the lakes and skiing and so many, so many things. And I first went there um, a couple of years ago with two uh, girlfriends. And again, we were all very drawn to go there together and stayed in this very magical place called the Angel House. We rented a house and we uh, spent some time, two of us went on a full day um, trek with a a transformational um, uh, trek trek leader uh, who was a hypnotherapist Mm. and did some very powerful meditations. And I was able to go inside Mount Shasta, which was Mm. pretty pretty mind-blowing. 
And if anyone's familiar with Lemuria, uh, the ancient civilization, uh, many people, including me, uh, believe that Telos, a city from Lemuria, is inside that mountain, mm-hmm. that when that, when that uh, landmass went down, um, and, and was no more that, um, some people, um, did, did survive and went inside Mount Shasta. And I saw myself as a preschool teacher mm-hmm. and it was really interesting because, um, my, my friend Lori, that's my writing partner. She had drawn me in a past life as a, as a teacher. And I knew my name was Susan. I knew, I was teaching preschool, but what was so amazing was as I'm looking around the classroom, it was like this moment out of Star Trek Mm. because it was all these different beings from like different planets and even, you know, different centuries. And I'm looking at them thinking, how do I communicate with them? (laughs) And I'm like turning around for like the old fashioned, like chalkboard and whiteboard. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of panicked for a moment and they're just, they're all so adorable. And they're like all looking at me, like teach me something. And I said to my guides, what the heck do I do here? What am I supposed to be teaching them? Because, you know, my left brain first went to like numbers and letters, but because of the communication, they said, you teach them telepathy. I'm like, oh, okay, well, great. Well, let's get rid of this whiteboard and chalkboard. (laughs) And it just was amazing. And they said, of course, we communicate telepathically at home with the light. You know, there's no language barriers, but they need a reminder of how to do it now that they're newly here in a body. Mm. It's like, okay, great. Mm. So I, I did did the class with that. Oh, you just had the neatest orb go by. Um, oh, fun. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> uh, we can see each other, even though this will be an audio. Broadcast. Right, right. We're recording on Zoom. <laughs> exactly. So we can see each other. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, guys, you don't get to see. Maybe I'll do a screen grab of that little <laughs> orb if I can. <laughs> and, and then uh, the other subject that I taught was astral travel. And how to leave the body and go to different places. So my mind was kind of blown. I'm like, oh, I'm liking this preschool curriculum. Yeah. Can we all go there? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that was really neat. And I also found quite a few uh, past lives that had been Native American. Um, and mm-hmm. one was as a, as a chief's daughter, um, like, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, I think that's a rite of passage for a lot of us can have just a lot of different um, you know, whether it's Native American or First People or um, Aborigine or Indigenous people, because we haven't just been reincarnating in the last couple hundred years. Yeah, Many right. of us, it's been, it's been um, hundreds, if not thousands of lifetimes that can really span back a lot of time and a lot of locations. And I also had the great privilege of doing ceremony. Oh, there goes the orb again, Ooh, uh, right across the top of your ceiling in. Okay, I didn't see it at all. Maybe, and maybe only you can see it. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, definitely a wonderful presence here. And uh, that ceremony that I got to do with a shaman was my first time to be in ceremony like that. And we did a ceremony to help bring in divine right um, rainfall. Um, and because of, there'd been such a drought in California and still is for so many years mm. and got to do that, you know, deep in the woods. And we had four of us um, taking the place of earth and air and fire and water mm. and the two mm. shaman working with us. 
And I got to see, um, as did one of my friends, I'm so glad friends witnessed it with me. Right. Because when we first got there, there was this tent right on top of the circle, the holy circle, the shaman had put some stones in place and created Mm -hmm. that sacred place. And I thought, oh, why is there a tent right here? It just felt odd. And I thought, well, maybe he's been camping here overnight to kind of protect it. So we asked him, he said, no, that's not my tent. And we're all like kind of looking around saying, well, whose tent is it? And it was a very old fashioned, ancient canvas tent. I don't think you could even get a tent like this nowadays. And just as we're asking, all of a sudden this man steps out of nowhere. And I'm elbowing my friend discreetly next to me. I'm like, "Uh, do you see the man? And he looked like he was out of like, the 1920s and he just he stepped through a portal and it looked like indiana jones met like an old boy scout (laughs) wow it just was amazing because he was not there and he was suddenly there and it was his Mm. tent and he just said you know why are you here what are you doing and Mm. i had the sense that he was protecting the land and the area and we explained what we wanted to do to help bring in divine right rainfall in a Mm -hmm. balanced way. Cause I'm a rainmaker, but I do not ask for rain because I figure mother earth knows what she's doing. And also if you have too many people just praying for rain, now you've got floods and you know, issues. So divine right rainfall. I love Um, that term. And so he just stayed behind us and held the space during the ceremony and was meant Mm -hmm. to be there and my wow. spiritual teacher was one of the participants, and she thanked him um, during during the uh, ceremony and said, thank you for holding space from the 32nd dimension for us. Whoa. And he just <laughs> gave her a nod and said yes and didn't want to speak about it anymore, but he acknowledged mm-hmm. that that was, I thought, okay, I w- what a privilege to have this Shush, wild wow. experience. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Shasta is a very, very magical place. And, you know, if people are called to it, that's fantastic. Go there. But I would go in super grounded because I have a lot of trouble staying grounded while I'm there because the vibration's so high. I go down there with every grounded crystal I have (laughs) and I lose them all. I, I I couldn't second that more. I, again, I was doing a drive from between California and Seattle, which I did a lot years ago. And one time it just happened to be an afternoon and there was time on my schedule. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to stop by Mount Shasta. I've heard great things about it. So I stopped and again, I had dogs with me and I just found this little trail to hike and one of my dogs that I had with me, she was always high energy. It was really hard to rein her in and keep her controlled. She was well-trained, but she would prefer to just be a wild woman dog. And it was the oddest thing. We were walking and I just felt so quiet. And I was talking to the dogs like I always do, but I was whispering. And then I came across a couple other people on the trail and they were whispering. It was just this soft, weird, strange energy, but very gentle. And then I noticed the dogs were also quiet. Even the wild woman dog, she was calm and quiet. And it's just like, wow, that was a 
such a palpable energy. I feel the reverence. It just feels yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's it is a magical place. And yeah, I agree. You really need to be grounded because it's going to take you out there. Definitely. There's so much um, ET and off world energy too. Yes. And I also find I've been there twice. I went back on my own um, a few mm -hmm. years later and, you know, said to my guides before I went, are you going to keep me really grounded? Cause it's important because I'm going to be on my own and I won't have friends to help me ground. And they right. said, yes. And they told me to look up the mileage, which I thought was interesting. I live mm. exactly 555 miles from Mount Shasta. <sighs> Oh, so my I gosh. thought that was I thought that was interesting too. Just you know the numerology of that. Right, right. I love the triple digits. Wow. Yeah. There's so much I could comment on because I love Mount Shasta, and you mentioned Lemuria, and being an ocean being as I am, and spending most of my time out on the water in Hawaii and French Polynesia, and all of that. That I have certainly felt the Lemurian energy. And I, I take a trip every year, I lead a retreat to Morea to swim with, with the humpback whales there. But what I never anticipated was the power of the land because the island is literally in the shape of a heart. Oh, how beautiful. And so they say that it is the heart of Lemuria. And we took a little journey into the center of the island and there was these ancient temples there and man, the energy was powerful and it totally amplified. I mean, swimming with whales and, and a retreat with whales is powerful in itself, but when you do it there, it is just cranked up, amplified like a hundred times fold. And it, it can be a little intense at times. Usually the, the whale energy is very gentle, but when you amplify it with the heart of Lemuria, it's like, oh my gosh, off the charts. That's fantastic. Very, very cool. So how can people get started on their own transformational travel and, and have their own past life pilgrimage? Sure. Well, I think it's as simple as, um, as I said, just being open mm -hmm. to it, asking your higher self and guides to guide you where you're meant to go, because it can be as simple as, as local. I mean, I made a day trip out to... Um, uh, La Push, which is on the Olympic coast, and it's where the mm -hmm. Twilight film series, where the beach scenes were with the native tribes. And I did that as, as a day trip and mm -hmm. went back there and was able to release a powerful uh, past life where I'd been a medicine woman. And I had, again, it's interesting, again, it was uh, watching more people drown. And I had not forgiven uh, the young brave who had raced down to the beach and because he was the fastest runner, he had jumped in this tremendously large canoe that was meant for many, many people to, mm -hmm. um, to man together. And right. he, and I'm trying to stop him and telling him, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You need to wait. Mm -hmm. I mean, he needed to right. wait literally a minute for other people to, but he was showboating right. and he, tried to go out there and rescue uh, these people that were going down on a European um, uh, type ship. And instead he ends up drowning right in front of um, our eyes and everyone on the ship drowns too, because he wouldn't wait. 
So I definitely had some anger with him and mm -hmm. he's the soulmate that woke me up spiritually. Oh gosh. So yes. I needed to, I needed to forgive him and Hey, he was a teenager. Uh, you know, yes. we, we all yes. do some showboating at times. Mm -hmm. um, and I needed to forgive myself because I just really, you know, as the elder, I just really felt um, terrible that there was this outcome, you know, on my watch Again, like that Oregon wagon train leader, I felt yes. overly responsible for it. Yeah. I wasn't surrendering things to the, to the divine well enough. Yeah, that is that is a hard one. Sometimes things are just literally out of our control, but we take on that responsibility. Exactly. So literally, it's just that simple as just asking, looking, paying attention, where were you drawn to? Mm -hmm. um, or doing your own... Um, formal past life regression and just asking your guides where would be some useful places for me to visit um, you know I've got a nice long list of places overseas but it took me a while to do some of those um, and that's okay and you can also astral travel there in meditation um, you know mm -hmm. I did that to go to uh, Egypt because I really wanted to go back to the temple of Isis at Philae um, and also sometimes when friends are traveling and I know that they're going to these places, I just make an astral travel date with them and mm, I meditate fun. to go there on the day they're there and right. we kind of compare notes. So just Ooh. be just be creative. It doesn't always involve getting on a plane right. um, or, you know, making this making this huge, particularly, you know, nowadays where we're, you know, many of us are more um limited in what we can and, and want to be doing for travel, but it's going to open yes. up again. It will. It will. And I love that. I love the idea of an astral travel date with a friend who is traveling. That's a fun idea. How fun. How great is that? So you also have a free gift that might be able to help some people uncover some past lives, don't you? I do. Uh, so People are welcome to check me out on my website, which is wendyrosewilliams.com. And the first people that go on in there and contact me um, through it and mention um, Anne's um, wonderful podcast, mention transformational travel, I'm happy to share um, a copy of one of my books with you. Um, so I have written um, two books and finishing my third right now and would just love to love to share with you. That is wonderful. I love that. So it's wendyrosewilliams.com is her website. And we will have a link in the show notes to this episode. And if you go to her contact page, you can request a complimentary 15-minute phone appointment with Wendy yourself. So you can talk to her yourself and explore some past life memories and, and see how they can help you in your life today. So thank you so much, Wendy, for being with us today. I know we could go on and on for a long time with this conversation, and we may have to have you back and talk more about these past, taking a past life pilgrimage. Thank you. Well, thank you, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here, um, and I'd love to return. Um, yes, lots more to explore. Thank you so, so much. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Transformational Travel. I hope you've enjoyed our journey today. And if you are enjoying the show, feel free to rate, review it on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you are listening today. Thank you. And until the next time, safe journeys. 
Thank you for traveling with us today. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Get more information at transformationaltravelpodcast.com.